Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc, and the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Hi, Christine doesn't know what to say. I'm so sorry is all I have to say. Uh, we are uh, apologizing and also being very excited at the same time. Uh, we, for several reasons, are not able to record an episode this week. So what we are going to do is post a live episode for you, but it's one of our favorites. It's the Boston show, one of the Boston shows that we did, the one at the City Winery, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, it's pretty good. It's, I like uh, it. You do a little Salem action. It's pretty good. A little Salem action. I, I, we usually don't do live shows back to back so quickly. Um, I lasted all tour with no illness and was very proud of myself, a little too proud of myself. A little too early. I flew a little too close to the sun, you might say, <laughs> and I uh, came down with all sorts of fun, cool things. The past couple days. We did plan on recording an episode, and then it takes a lot for Christine to be like, I don't feel well enough to do this, but <laughs> I certainly got that text this week, and so we are sorry that we're giving you so many live episodes in a row, but they are for very good reasons on our end, and we hope you enjoy them. Please do, and please don't yell at me, and I'm sorry. And <laughs> We're sorry. We're sorry. You can call my GI doctor if you need a doctor's note. <laughs> <laughs> or like anyone, my therapist too. Any any anyone, any anyone. number of people. Or boys. Or therapists. Or that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, thanks guys. We really like the show, so uh we hand selected it for you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, enjoy. Yeah. 
just cracking. Tuba, boo, sorry. I feel like a kid that's like about to give a presentation that he has no You're idea like, about. Listen, we just flew in from Los Angeles, and boy, are my arms tired. Fun fact, he was a wonton. <gasps> English is my first language. Is Tamara home? Sassy with me, sassy the clown. The clown is showing. Ooh, sweet, oh, sweet baboon. Finish your drink, <laughs> And that's why we drink! Hello. I didn't expect I didn't expect the stage to be that close. I walked out and I was like, oh fuck, they're all there. I was like, oh boy, you're right here. Hi, Boston. This is so exciting. Oh my gosh. I think it's hitting me. Uh, is it? Yeah. We were talking upstairs. For the people who got dragged here by yeah. your significant others. Sorry. First of all, sorry. Um, Second of all. So we uh, met in Boston. This is our technically our, our yes. hometown. But we actually weren't friends no. at all. No. Um, but we had coexisted in we, Boston well, together. Well, we found out we lived across the street from each other. Right across the street. No clue. No idea. Nope. And um. And then it took us flying across the country to become friends. Yeah, it took us a very lonely time in Los Angeles. I waited desperation. I waited two and a half years until she got a dog, and I was like, yeah, "I'll check it out now. I'll see what's up." That's 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 the truth right there. But yeah. we were just saying this marks four and a half years of knowing each other now, yeah. and yeah. never thought we'd be on a no. stage together. It's so. very strange to be back in Boston in this capacity. Yeah. Yes. On a stage, but at also all. very exciting. So thank you for having us. Um, yes, and also yeah. What is this? Is the check out the little I've labels on these bottles. These are way cool. They were like sign these, and we were like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Never happened before. So this is the first time I would I've ever had wine out of it, and that's why we drink. I have had champagne out of a bottle with my face on it, but this is the fir- you've had a lot of really great experiences. <laughs> But this is the first wine out of uh, a specific, and that's why we drink bottles. So, oh well, um, don't watch cheers me. Cheers to everyone. Don't watch me. I'm not actually like good at wine. Uh, Usually, I just. I beg it. to differ. I think everyone here thinks you're great at wine. I'm great at wine if it's in a cardboard box. But okay. Um. All right. Um. With that, I know I've been ready for Boston my yes. whole life. So, <laughs> let's crack into it. Yay! Oh, drink about that too, I guess. Drink about let's drink the one it. time I say it, yes. Yeah. Wait, wait, dramatic effect. That Do you like nice. it? Did you like how professional that was? No. If thinking about salsa in a variety of delicious flavors and heat levels makes your mouth water, you need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. And make sure to turn the jar around and take a look at its clean backside. A list of its all-natural ingredients. Of course, that's what I meant, of course. And all their products are preservative-free, too. With the medium salsa, you get hearty chunks of tomatoes, tomatillos, peppers, and onions in every scoop. I'm reading the ad and my mouth is watering. 
anyway, the hot salsa brings flavorful heat to every meal with each bite containing jalapenos, serrano peppers, and other savory herbs. Plus, they've got a hot sauce with a tangy, spicy flavor that enhances the simplest of meals. It's perfect for avocado egg toast or tacos. I sort of feel like they're reading my mind because I put salsa on almost everything, but specifically, I use their salsa. I use usually the medium salsa and then uh, also the hot sauce on my avocado egg toast. And I don't know how the script knew that. Maybe everybody eats this, but I always make toast with avocado and then I put scrambled eggs on top and I put salsa. I can't eat it without salsa. And the Green Mountain Gringo is always there for me in the fridge because it really adds to, I mean, any meal if you're me, but definitely the eggs avocado toast situation. Visit GreenMountainGringo.com and start shopping. Use the store locator to find Green Mountain Gringo products, get inspiration for recipes, and purchase products using promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off. That's promo code PODCAST24. And don't forget to check out their backside. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right. Here's what's going on, Boston. Because I wanted to make sure that this was obviously a good story i mean i can't i can't do you wrong um so i don't think it would be right for me to come to massachusetts about the paranormal and not discuss salem Um, i'm so shocked but i'm very excited (laughs) (laughs) um i'm sorry it's not boston but i mean come on you've got salem right next door you were just teasing me so i looked at every ghost under the sun in salem Mm -hmm. and Fun fact. God damn it. Not only are ghosts kind of hard to find. Yes, everything's haunted. But because apparently the city of Salem is so uh, proud about wanting to, you know, discuss the witch trials and they make witches the forefront of all their stories, ghosts are actually really hard to come by. And did you know that the town council of Salem actually tries to limit the ghost stories that people know about? So that so this was really easy for me is what Oh no. So I searched high and low for you and I tried calling every haunted building in Salem, at least twenty five. Oh for God's sake. And I was like, care to comment? And they were like, No. And <laughs> the town council like, said not to Salem. So um this was me trying my best. And to make sure that you guys had a good time, I picked my three favorites. So you okay. get three ghost stories. All right. I'm ants. All right. And they all kind of weave into each other, which is fun. So the first one, and please clap if you know it. Clap if you don't, because I have anxiety. Yep. Um, (laughs) Clap at everything. the Lyceum Hall. Lyceum Hall? I feel like that was a pity clap. But But it's okay. M does this, and then later it's like, well, you've all heard of it. And I'm like, no, you told them to (laughs) clap no matter what, M. Well, one time I didn't say clap no matter what and when i said the place no one claps and i was like okay it is that's terrible. the rule now everyone's got to clap it is terrible when there's just silence um well so lyceum hall actually is also now known today as turner's seafood i don't know yay i'm just gonna shoot information at you and you react <laughs> however you want but positively only i do love seafood i'll be excited for you oh good yeah. well 
catch you there. We'll cool. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. So the Lyceum, Lyceum? I don't know what I'm doing. Lyceum. Thanks. Lyceum was built in 1831, and it was built with the intention to become a place of, quote, cerebral entertainment, (laughs) which is what I call this podcast. (laughs) I was about to make the same joke. I love it. (laughs) Uh, So the hall hosted literary readings, discussions, and over a thousand lectures in just the first five years. Ooh, ah. Lord. Lectures, that's what, yeah, that's what stimulating. So cerebral. So, <laughs> so guests that came to this building or to the hall were Henry David Thoreau, Frederick Douglass, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and Alexander Graham Bell, just Jesus. to name a few. So they were actually like very intelligent people all coming to give really intelligent lectures. Sure, just like and this podcast. Yes. Yeah, I understand. I'm, I'm the next Ralph Waldo Emerson. Actually, yes. I'll be Christine Thoreau. In 1877, this is actually also where Alexander Graham Bell did his first ever demonstration of the telephone. Oh, you fancy, Boston. And for 100 years, it was a public hall for the Salem Lyceum Society. But then it was renovated in 1989, and it became Turner's Seafood Restaurant. So, (laughs) really devolved. Finally. Um, So, way before it was actually considered even the hall... It was the land of an apple orchard. Oh, precious, right? Well, it gets fucked up. So, <laughs> um, so there is a. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I almost missed a bullet. That was very important. So, the orchard belonged to one of the most famous women in Salem history. So I'm told, and if no one in here knows her, I'm gonna feel real dumb. Um, her name is Bridget Bishop. Okay. Thanks for humoring me. So, Bridget Bishop was the first woman accused of being a witch and executed during the Uh, trials. Well, there you go. Um, Allegedly, she was promiscuous. Oh, God. Amoral. Flamboyant. Married three different men. Uh. Owned two taverns. And was a loud dresser. Uh. I like her. She's a witch. Well, that's what they thought. Yeah. So she's my hero. She was also known to flirt with men. Oh, no. So the wives didn't like her. No. So she was already not really appreciated by the women of the community. Damn. Um, In 1660, she married her first husband, and that's when they moved to Massachusetts Bay Colony. Four years later, he died, and so she remarried, and she married Thomas Oliver. Apparently, they fought a lot, and so badly that they ended up in court. Um, Another time, they actually got pulled into court again because Bridget was (laughs) uh, having foul foul language directed at her husband. (gasps) So she got sued by the town. Her punishment for a potty mouth (laughs) was to stand in the public market gagged. Stop it. And wearing a sign on her head that stated her crime. Stop Which it. I hope said the bad word on it. <laughs> That's so fucked up. So, obviously she was not uh, puritanical or not in the best standing with uh, the area. Uh, a couple years later, her second husband died and she inherited his estate, ten acres of land, and two pigs. Nice. <laughs> oink, oink. 
And then, uh, but their kids only got 60 shillings to split amongst themselves. <laughs> and so everyone was like, okay, so maybe she's definitely a witch and cursed her husband oh, and God wanted sake. his land. So people are already looking for reasons to sure. just hate her even more. So she was suspected of cursing her husband to die. Mm-hmm. And then in 1687, she was also uh, found stealing brass and got arrested. Oh, no. So Salem was like, come on, Bridget. There's, what, what won't you do at this point? <laughs> so by the 1690s, she was married to Edward Bishop, the last name, Bishop, and that was when she owned the apple orchard. Okay. So during the trials, uh, Bridget was the most accused victim of all. Rumors went through the entire town that she was cursing and killing both animals and humans. Oh, dear. My favorite rumor that someone came up with was that she, quote, conjured up demonic black-colored pigs and flying monkeys to torture the neighbors. Yes. Um, I would love to hear that testimony. I wish that was my... I wish someone made up that rumor about me. That's so fun. (laughs) So the townspeople rallied together. They said it was true. They're like, we all saw... Yeah, we saw that. ...those flying monkeys. We did. And uh, they also all said that they had been seeing Bridget in their dreams, which apparently means she was mind-controlling Right, 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 right. And... uh, Bridget was, like, she was already uh, not very well-liked, and her testimony apparently was shaky when they, int- like, they... <laughs> they were like, what about those monkeys? Yeah, they were like, she was like, give us proof that they don't exist. <laughs> and it was like, what? So, uh... <laughs> oink, oink. <laughs> so, she was sentenced to death, but... Oh, for God's sake. Uh, the whole... I gave the whole background. Basically, the apple orchard is the most... Is the oldest... Uh, thing that was on this site before it was Lyceum Hall or Turner's Seafood. So the ghosts of this property. Ooh, ah. Oh. What you wow. came here for. Sorry. I just like to think everyone's really tuned in right now. So, We're um, hanging on your every word. On the property today, people report seeing a woman in a long gown floating. <clears throat> She's mainly seen... Flo- I'm sorry. I don't know why that was funny to me. I, I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. No, I liked it. She, I sometimes uh, forget there's a microphone, so I'm like, I'm just going to do it really quietly. And then it, <laughs> I hear it, like, echoing. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, she's floating, right? Right, um, right, right. She's right. mainly seen floating above the main staircase and gliding past doorways. Okay. Sometimes uh, she is also seen from outside through the windows staring at you. Oh, good. And she's also seen in mirrors as herself or a misty figure. Mm. I don't like the mirror thing. That's very creepy. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. No. Um, sometimes you can only see her reflection, but nobody is actually standing in front of the mirror to give a reflection. Oh, God. So you can be standing at the mirror. No one else is standing at the mirror, but there's two of you. Ooh. Two people. Uh-oh. So um, <laughs> people often report smelling fresh, crisp apples throughout oh, the house. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I always like when, like, the ghost is making things smell good. They were like, we've had, like, cookies and pie. There was one we did a while ago where it, used, like, I think it was, like, a bread factory or something. Bread, that's right. But the whole place smelled like fresh, warm bread every day. I was like, Stop tell, me, complaining. tell me what's wrong with that. Yeah. I love it. God, that house sounds better than not being haunted. Oh, absolutely. So... There are regular electrical issues with the house, such as the lights going off, uh, on and off, even when they're brand new. You just, the lights never stay on. 
technology turns itself on and off by itself, and people will see flashes of light shooting past them when nothing has caused it. People have also seen light shooting past them in the middle of the night, oh which good. is creepy to me. Mm. Um, when asked who hanged you oh during God. an investigation, um, an EVP caught, the, caught a spirit saying the name Mary, and Mary Walcott was one of the main women that testified against Bridget and helped put her to death. Great. On our favorite ghost adventures. God damn it. Um, I swear. I'm never prepared for that. It was on TV today. Blaze didn't like that I turned it on. <laughs> um, we so compromised on the History Channel, like the alien show. Oh, that's a good compromise. It's <laughs> yeah. so spooky. It was fun. Uh, oh, yeah. So Zach Bagel Bites. God damn it. He... <laughs> Uh, he started smelling apples through the house. Of course. He was like, you smell apples? <laughs> yes. Yes? And then other people were like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But when they all were leaving the building, they did catch an EVP that says, come back here, which is... Nice and creepy. Oh, dear. And uh, there is a rumor. So I wanted to bring... I know I said I'm doing three different locations and all of them kind of weave into each other because the Lyceum Hall slash Turner Seafood um, <laughs> established 18, 1989. Yeah. Uh, it. it. So they know that that is actually the property of the apple orchard, but there is a rumor going around that I don't know it ha if it's like actually talked about in tours or anything, but give you an inside scoop a rumor says that uh the actual site of her home is on a different property and not at the lyceum hall but records in 1867 confirm that the lyceum is where bridget bishop's orchard was so if anyone tells you different you tell them i sent you <laughs> um so the rumor says that the orchard is actually on the property of hawthorne hotel and i found that out because i was heavily researching the Hawthorne Hotel, and I was like, well, I got all these notes, so I'm also going to tell that story. Yay! So, the Hawthorne Hotel is a member of the Historic Hotels of America. Ooh, uh, Oh, my. And it is named after Salem-born Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh, I know that guy. Fun fact about him. Oh, for God's sakes. After he graduated college, he changed his name to Hawthorne from Haythorne. All right, all right. Um, he didn't want to be associated with his great-great-grandfather, Judge Haythorne, who helped find victims of the trials guilty. Oh, shit. Um, I feel like if you really wanted to, like, distance right. yourself, Agreed. you could have, like, done more than just add a W. And like, change one like, fucking letter. changed your name. <laughs> yes, yeah, so his great-great-grandfather was actually known as the, quote, witch-hanging judge. Oh. And he was like, I don't need no. that. Nobody needs that. Um, so in 1923, people wanted a, quote, modern hotel for the business traveler in the area. And apparently people wanted it pretty desperately because in a matter of, like, two weeks, a thousand citizens sold half a million dollars worth of their own stocks to raise the funds for this what hotel. What the fuck? Sorry. No, but really, I've, I've never know. known a whole community to be like, we need a hotel this bad. But we live here. Right. <laughs> we don't... <laughs> Maybe maybe I don't get it, but maybe all their like relatives were coming in at the same time and they're like, We gotta get this done. <laughs> Not in my house, Sharon. <laughs> so in 
So uh, the hotel opened in 1925 with a parade and a flag-raising ceremony. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was a very elite hotel with notable guests such as Bette Davis, President Bush. Betty Davis. Betty Davis, damn it. This has happened, this is the third time. I did, I know. I don't know why I can't figure out her name. It's because you bet Midler. Remember, we've had this conversation. Oh, we have. Right. Guys, usually this is where I'd say, Eva, edit that out. But yeah. it's unscripted. We're going to so. say it anyway. Eva, cut it. Uh, so Betty Davis and President Bush, Walter Cronkite, Colin Powell, President Clinton, Robert De Niro, and Jennifer Lawrence have all Jennifer, stayed there. Wow, that's quite a, an array of people. And a range of time as well. Because yeah. you yeah. start with some people you don't see in the news these days. <laughs> um, so actors have also lived here while filming movies and TV. And the TV show Bewitched has filmed oh two episodes God, here. That's cool. And the cast and crew also stayed in the hotel while they that's were awesome. filming. We should have stayed there. Mm, I don't know if we're Bewitched status, but no. yeah, we should have tried. <laughs> so in 1990, I, don't, I couldn't find any more information about this, but this is what I would want to do a whole story on. In 1990, the hotel held a seance to contact Harry Houdini. <laughs> what? Like, why wouldn't you tell us more? That's, that's it. Just, that's it. That's all I found. I Googled the shit There's out no of that. Footnote. Found nothing. No. Well, it probably didn't work. Otherwise, they probably would have written. Right. <laughs> I don't more. even know if he showed up. I yeah. have nothing. So in 2007, uh, Sci-Fi, or as my dad likes to say, the Siffy Channel. The Siffy. <laughs> um, they had the Ghost Hunters do an investigation there. Um, and as for the ghosts in the hotel. Uh-huh. Uh, spirits are seen on the sixth floor appearing out of thin air and disappearing. Cool. Ghostly cries. People's shoulders are tapped and headboards are knocked on. Oh, I, yeah, that's creepy. Especially when you're sleeping and it's like right next to your Right head. above your head. Mm -mm. Um, items in the lobby will move on their own, including heavy items like furniture. Reports of an apparition of are there reports of an apparition of a woman walking up to door 612 and then looking at you and then fading away? Cool. Great. She also apparently looks concerned, so I don't like that she's concerned and looking at you. <laughs> she's like... Um, and then she's like, bye, I can't help she's you. She's like, even I can't handle this. Like, yeah. um, Too much. So inside room 612, if you dare... People will feel nauseous when they go in, and they will feel the entire time that they're being stared down. Good. Uh, lights will flicker on and off on their own, no matter how new the fixtures are. Faucets in the bathrooms will turn on and off by themselves, sometimes running all day or night if guests aren't actually in there to notice and turn it off. And extreme there are extreme levels of being cold when people are trying to sleep specifically. So some people have thought that that's so they can keep you up to, like, taunt Aww, you more. That's just rude. Um, oh, yeah. People feel like they're being touched while laying in bed. Gross. Oh, 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 oh that too. You know okay. that. Um, people feel their shoulders getting held and their hair and clothing being pulled on. Did someone say kinky? <laughs> well. Homie, it's not that kind of show yet. Hang on. Yet? Yet? Drink more wine. I don't know. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. Um... So apparently kinky things also happen. Yes. Also reports of people while uh, there are reports of people laying in bed feeling that the covers are slowly being pulled no. off them or 
getting ripped off very fast. No, I think I'd rather the ripped off fast because otherwise. Yeah, the slow. It's like you have to like you. That's just like a horror movie. Like yeah, every second is just suspense. Uh-uh. I don't want. Uh-uh. Um, there's an uncomfortable silence in the halls and rooms that have been quoted on TripAdvisor as. The entire floor was quiet, not a peaceful quiet, dead silent, like we were the only two living souls. People will complain about anything. <laughs> it is too quiet in this hotel. <laughs> and for some... that, two stars. Yeah. yeah. Add some fucking noise. <laughs> God, I don't understand people, I swear. So, the staff will also have the job to rearrange furniture when an event goes on, but when they come back into the room, the, all the furniture has gone back to where it originally was, and then they get in trouble with their boss because it looks well, like they didn't do their job. Just terrible. Or they just didn't do the job, and they're like, it was right, a ghost. Right, right. <laughs> That's fair. That's me at a hotel. That's oh. me as a boss, though. If someone said the ghost did, I'd be like, oh, shit. Well, yeah. you're, you're off the hook then. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should all quit, I guess. <laughs> uh uh, babies are heard crying in the middle of the night. But it's also too quiet. Like, none of this... Right. <laughs> All right. I'm it's not so gonna... quiet, you can hear the babies perfectly. Yeah. Um, children of guests will ask about the babies and the little kids that they see and hear in their room. Oh, oh well, okay. Whenever a live little child is reporting on an, an invisible little child, it's always just the worst. Yes, it's um, not good. So I guess they have a restaurant in the building called Nathaniel's. And there is a pirate ship wheel that will move on its own, and it's not supposed to. Oh. Um, and apparently, if you try to hold it still and keep it from turning, it will act like it's not moving, and then as soon as you walk away, it'll just start turning again, just to <laughs> piss you off. <laughs> um, people have felt someone sitting on their beds at night, which is always fun. Good. And then here's a quote from someone, possibly from TripAdvisor. I don't remember. Let's say it is. I like to say it is. Let's pretend, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Around 2.45 in the morning, I heard someone using our bathroom. The toilet sound... (laughs) Like flushing. (laughs) I heard someone using our bathroom. The toilet sounded like it was flushing. And the running water lasted a few moments and then quickly shut off all on its own. It seemed like the light was also on, but I just rolled over and expected my husband to come back to bed. But when I rolled over, he was already lying next to me. Dun, dun, dun. And that's that on that story. I didn't get any more information. We talked about this yesterday, but there was a hotel we stayed in the other day where I heard M coughing. Like, Oh, yes. Please M tell has the a story. very particular... Uh, throat clear. Throat clear. And um, I was in bed, like, doing notes, and I heard the throat clear, and I was like, oh, I miss M. And so, <laughs> and they were on the other side of the wall, so I texted them, like, oh, I just heard you th- clear your throat. Makes me miss you. Hope you're doing well over there. And then I get a text back that says, I'm downstairs. And I was like, <laughs> but of course I didn't fucking believe you, so I ran into the hallway with n- no pants on, but that's... It was urgent. That's a story for another day. I ran into the hallway with no pants on and Eva came out because I was probably making a lot of noise. Um, or she just knew. She's like, Christine needs help. Uh, so I, can, I can sense Christine doesn't have pants and is in public. I, they don't say it's my job, but it, it is. Eva, put that on your zip recruiter. Uh, yeah, and I see Em coming from the other side of the hallway and I was like, no, literally right there. You were coughing and clearing your throat and it kept happening and I was like, 
you're full of shit. But no, you weren't. So anyway, know. Christine keeps putting me in haunted fucking hotels. Yeah. I feel bad Because that about was it. the third time in this week in a third, yeah. a third individual hotel where I was like, this place is haunted. Yeah. She's like, no, it's not. And then the one hotel where I don't say it's yeah. haunted, all of a sudden she hears coffin in an empty room. Yeah. So, karma. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, here we are. So, guests have also reported waking up to two little girls in their room oh, in the good. middle of the night. Cool. Staring at you. I feel you. like I'm complaining about you coughing in another room, and then it's like, girls <laughs> are showing up it's at like your It's like, you're bed. lucky that's all Fuck you got. God. I don't know why I'm complaining. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, so the little girls will either walk around, or play, or stare at you. No. But no matter what, they vanish. Thank God. In front of you. Um... Personal items like keys and phone chargers will move from one nightstand to the other without you having done anything at all. You just turn around and they're not where you put That's them. That's odd. Um, people also report having sleep paralysis while sleeping no, in these rooms. I don't like that one. In room 325, which is supposedly the most haunted room, uh, one group brought a Ouija board. Cool. Great. Good. And it said a whole lot of stuff, but the, the most important takeaway is that it's spelled at the end, I'm not leaving. And then the planchet flew up to the ceiling and stayed there. <laughs> you can't make me, Mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, that is the ghost of a 12-year-old. Yeah. Um, so that is that for the Hawthorne Hotel, but I got one, one last one for you, which is the witch house. The witch house? That I'm one sounded more genuine. Yay! <laughs> I'm so Moving ready. on up. Okay. So um, it's also known as the Jonathan Corwin House. Okay. And uh, it is the only surviving structure with direct links to the Salem Witch Trials and one of the most haunted places in Massachusetts. Oh, my. It, woo. Ooh. So Ooh. it is said that although the witches may not have actually lived there, the, the witches, by the way, the witches. Yeah. Um, Allegedly. The alleged witches may not have lived there on their, uh, lived there themselves, but they might haunt the house these days because it was especially, um, it should especially be haunted by Bridget from our prior story, the Apple I remember, Orchard. I remember Bridge. 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 That's what I call her. Bibish. Um, <laughs> she supposedly is the one that haunts it the most since she was the first of 19 victims. So in 1642, the house was built and it was actually the home, not of the witches, but of Judge Jonathan Corwin during the Salem Witch Trials, and he was a bad dude. Good, great. So, um, he presided over the trials and was actually the ones that, the one that said whether or not they were going to be put to death. But it's not the Haythorn guy, right? No, Hawthorne. Okay. Hey, yeah, well, hey. yeah. I oh, remember. I see what you're saying now. I remember. There was a judge who was... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A different judge. Different judge. Okay, okay. Good, good job, I'm, I'm just pretending like I know what's going on. No, you knew better than me. I was like, what the... It's Hawthorne. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, so we've moved from the Hawthorne house. So he's not a, I see, a, I see. around he's anymore. Wrong. He's gone. Okay. He's kaput. So... Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so Jonathan Corwin, he was the another judge who decided whether or not they were going to be put to death. And he also allegedly tortured them while they were on trial. Uh. Um, one of the types of torture I found was the coffin cells. I where don't like they're that. standing cages. Oh, God damn it. And you can't sit or move. Sure. And they were in the dungeon. And then when the tide would come in, like all the city sludge and rats and everything Stop would... Stop it. ...would hit you. And you had to just stand people. there for months and... 
that's that on that. Did you have fun laughing earlier yeah. though? Because it's gonna get real like, quiet. It doesn't always you, it doesn't always end happy. No. Um, so they also think that the house might have been cursed from the beginning because when Corwin was living there, eight of his ten children died before child uh, before adulthood. Um. So it said that I know what Everyone's I said. Everyone's laughing at you. So I didn't laugh though. I didn't. I, I heard wanna, it. I heard it. I want to make like, a point that I was very straight faced that entire thank time. Thank you. Thank you. It's that those. I yes, the it. children made it to childhood. Yeah. Um, so the yeah. So only two of them survived to adulthood, and so it's pretty well allegedly understood that um, the eight kids also haunt the house. Oh, dear. Okay. So it's just a house of kids and witches. Very scary things. Fantastic. So in Eva, 16... that sounds like a movie. Write that down, please. <laughs> in 1697, uh, Corwin died, and the family kept his body in the cellar for several years cool. because they were afraid that the town would vengefully dismember his corpse. So hey, they... how do you have that conversation? Like, hey, so <laughs> you think his arms are going to be... Hold off, right? Like, well, let's keep him. Let's just let them decompose on their own Jesus. in our house. That's and the most fucked up thing I ever heard. Okay. So they kept him there for several years before being buried. Cool. Uh, the legend also says that some of the interrogations of the accused witches happened in the dining room of the home. Um, and those kind of go hand in hand with the allegations that there was torture in the dungeon. So great. Uh, Records show that this was probably not true, but there are at least 11 deaths that did occur in the house while the Corwins lived there. Um, and only eight of their kids died, so that leaves three, so only I don't eight. know. Only eight, yeah. Uh, yeah, right, I know. Yeah. So since 1948, uh, the house has been a museum for the Salem Witch Trials. Cool. Um, and the ghosts there are pretty cool. So <laughs> Thanks, um, Dad. Can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> They're out of this world. So, oh God. Uh, so some of the first things that people regularly notice are temperature drops, where they feel icy hands touching the back of them. Cool. People hear the voices of children laughing, crying, or just talking. Mm. Um, equipment will drain even on a fresh battery, and kids have been heard running around. Um, there are pictures of apparitions. So if you take a picture. And it's like you and me. There right. would be a like a random shadow figure standing next to us in oh, some of the pictures. That would be really like, cool, though. If that selfie. Happened. Yeah. Um, there are. Oh yeah. People sense cold hands hugging you, uh. grabbing you, pressing mm -hmm. on your shoulders and backs, and playing with your hair. No, 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 no. Kinky. Remember that Kinky. joke? Kinky. <laughs> I'm just stealing other. I'm just now jokes. aware of every time I say hair pulling on stage. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm glad someone said it the first time you did it, because right. now we know. Now everyone's thinking the same thing. We so know. Uh, construction workers were talking about the history of the building when they were working in the house, and one of them made fun of Bridget. <gasps> what an asshole. Why? Oh, because <laughs> I you gasped. gasped. I was like, asshole wasn't on the list. I should be, but it wasn't. Uh, so they were making fun of Bridget, and she was like, no, you didn't. Uh -huh, and so... Uh -huh. uh, Several boxes were thrown at them from the top floor, and nobody was up there. <laughs> um, but they just remember seeing, like, boxes just, like, fly down the that. stairs at them. Um, so, Bagel Bites. Yes. My ex. He, <laughs> your ex, Soul Flame, I don't know. 
He Sorry, Blaze is here tonight. Hi, Blaze. Hi, Love Blaze. You. See, Blaze, people clapped louder for you than for Zach Baggins. Don't worry. <laughs> What's it like knowing that uh, your biggest competition, Blaze, is Zach Bagel Bites? Listen, I'm still mad about it. We'll talk later. So, since they were in Salem, he decided to do a very him thing to do. Uh-huh. Great. And Fantastic. he invited a warlock to come to the investigation. <laughs> Blaze would never do that, see? Blaze is a good... You, you chose the more, the more logical one, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, 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 wait. So, I mean, a warlock is just... <laughs> a warlock is a male witch, as far as I know. Okay. Okay. So he thought, you know, while and I guess if you're, I don't want to give him credit, but at the same time, it's like, what, I don't know, I'm going to sound stupid. No, no, but give him credit, I want to hear it. No, if he, if when in Salem, I think he just wanted to invite a witch it, onto the show to do stuff with, but then the, all the witches, but then all the witches that he talked to were like, oh, there's this one guy named Christian Day, and you okay. have to get him on the show, and none of so us. So he's a warlock named Christian. Yeah. Okay, tell me more. I have so many questions. Go figure. <laughs> I so, have a lot of questions. But so this is where you can laugh because he invited the warlock to come do a ritual that would invite the spirits. Right. So like to make matters worse. Right. Did, um, they, did the, guy, the guy went? He went, oh, yeah. Well. Okay. Um, part of the ritual, which I, I am not judging anyone's belief. So part of the ritual for inviting spirits is that a human skull would be involved. So, kinky, what? <laughs> so, uh, so part of the ritual involved a human skull, and apparently uh, in, when the skull was once inside a human face, the, the man's name was Robert. So we call the skull Robert. What? Did this person consent to this? They must have. I, I didn't ask. I, I hope so. We're going to say yes. So, the, but the thing that, like, I had never seen this ritual before, but apparently you have to pass the skull around and look into its eye sockets. And it just really, I was not expecting it. So. What in the world? I just kept hearing like, look at Robert. And it's like. <laughs> Poor Robert, god damn. Imagine being Robert and you just see Zach Baggins' face going like. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get those cool giant glasses. Right, right. So anyway, that was the. After that, we didn't see him again. It was, I think, just to invite the spirits in. So sure, okay. then the rest of the episode goes as usual. And uh, they do a spirit box session where you know I love a good spirit box mm -hmm. to anyone who listens. So, yes. Um, and these are things that, like, as far as I'm concerned, don't ask Blaze because he's, like, don't ask Blaze. he's very logical about this stuff. But I'm, I'm a big believer in the spirit box. So I pretty much take that as I see it. So um, some of the questions that they were able to get during this investigation via spirit box was when they said, <laughs> he literally asked, what is the name of the skull in this room? <laughs> but the spirit box said Robert. Ooh, creepy. Um, they said, explain what that, Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. I'm being a real, <laughs> real jerk today. Love what, you. He also said, he also asked, what is the name of the warlock here? Uh -huh. And the spirit box picked up the name and said Christian. No. On I its don't own. Like that. Uh, he also asked, can you say one of our names in the room? And the spirit box said, which one? <gasps> they, he, asked, he asked, how did you die? And the spirit box uh, showed the word hanged. Oh, dear. And then they, he asked, what is your name? And the spirit box said, Bridget. Oh, damn. 
And then he said, what is your last name? And the spirit box said Bishop. Really? Then he said, did you actually practice witchcraft? And they got an EVP of something either saying, I did or I didn't. <laughs> because Amazing. did and didn't kind of sound so close to each other, Amazing. we still don't know. So. Uh, but also, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, because I was just, like, re-brought back to the whole skull fiasco. One of the, during that scene, right when they were about to start the ritual, uh, he had the spirit box uh, running in his pocket, and it started shouting words at oh, him. Oh, God. Um, and he, apparently he didn't want to distract or disrespect the ritual, and so he turned the machine off, but they weren't really paying attention at the time. They just heard the machine talking a lot. And so they went back later at the end of the show and went back to the footage of the ritual where he turned the machine off because it kept talking. And the only word it kept saying over and over again was apple, apple, apple. <gasps> oh! Creepy! So those are all the Salem stories I have for you. Oh my God, the apple thing really got me there. Yeah. Yikes. Especially like a Microsoft Sam version. Apple, apple, apple. <laughs> um, okay, Terrible. well, that's that's my, my ghost stories for Yay, you, Boston. Thank, thank you, Em. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good. So Blaze and I actually get to pick our own meals every week and, you know, separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and... Uh, uh, make sure the other keeps their hands off. I personally love the cold brew smoothies. Those are always my go-to in the morning if I'm running around dropping Leona off, don't have time to cook myself breakfast. It's a great solution. Head to factormeals.com slash drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off. That's code drink50 at factormeals.com slash drink50 to get 50% off. Um, This is a story about murder, so get ready. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we love it. This, my friends, is the story of Jane Toppin. Right, I, f oh. <laughs> I was about to say, I forgot to tell you to cheer even if you didn't know it. So, well, They knew it. They knew it good. Yeah. <laughs> Two people 
maybe are Jane Top. I don't know. I don't know who, who they are. Um, okay, so let's jump into it. Nope, crack into it. That's what we say. Right. I'm trying to spare your livers. Okay. Uh, Jane Toppin was born as Honora Kelly in Boston, Massachusetts on August 17, 1854. Unfortunately, her mother died of tuberculosis when she was very young, and her father was known to drink heavily and be very abusive. He was nicknamed... Oh. <laughs> they started clapping before the last half of that sentence. <laughs> That's why I said it real fast. Uh, <laughs> he was nicknamed Kelly the Crack. And Wikipedia thinks I'm stupid and was like, quote, or parentheses, as in crackpot. And I was like, thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> so Thank you, Wikipedia. Cool, great. So Kelly the Crackpot, not much better. Um, anyway, uh, so not much is known of his later years, although local rumor was that while, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Oh, no. We're literally on bullet number two, so good luck. While working as a tailor, his madness finally drove him to sew his own eyelids closed. What? <laughs> Holy shit. I said sorry. We, we got there fast today. Yeah. Usually we wean into a little bit. I wrote these like a week ago, and I looked just now, and the third bullet just says yuck. And then, <laughs> and then I hit enter and went to the next <laughs> bullet. Oh, no. But I still mean every word. Yuck. So side sewed his own eyes yeah, shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Got where it. we left off, in case you forgot. Yeah, ouch. Not Whew. good. Um, in 1863, a few years after his wife's death, uh, Jane's father dropped six-year-old Jane and her older sister Delia, who was eight, off at the Boston Female Asylum, known as an orphanage for indigent female children. Oh. Good job, Boston. Uh, <laughs> We've improved since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd like to think so. Uh, they never saw their father again. Uh, Jane's sister, Delia, reportedly became a sex worker, and their other sister, who hadn't originally been sent to the orphanage with them, was sent to an asylum a few years later under different circumstances. Um, but meanwhile, Jane became an indentured servant for the Toppin family in Lowell, Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, my All God, right. we love indentured servants. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yes, Lowell, <laughs> Lowell is really, I hear it's just great. I, I say that <laughs> about every town that people cheer about. It's beautiful. I hear it's beautiful. Um, so, <laughs> why do I tell them that part? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, you keep doing it. <laughs> I don't know. I can't stop myself. Um, so, indentured servitude was very common back then. Um, it was a, a way for people to, like, commit to a few years of uh, work while also paying their for their food and their living quarters. I mean, there's a reason it doesn't exist anymore, so let's move on. Sure. Um, I also want to specify that at this point, while she's an indentured servant, she is eight years old. Oh. So wow. Okay. So although she wasn't formally adopted by the Toppins, she adopted their last name, and the mother of the family, Anne, changed Jane's name from Honora which I've just been calling her Jane to make it easier, but her name was technically Honora. Uh, Anne changed Jane's name to, uh, to Jane because she had a self-professed dislike of the Irish and wanted to tell people Jane was actually Italian. Oh. So that's nice and okay. healthy. Yeah. Super good. <coughs> the Toppins also had a daughter named Elizabeth, and she and Jane became very close friends. They were sort of foster sisters, so they kind of grew really close as they grew up. 
And when Jane was 16, so she's been with them for about eight years now, she was jilted by her boyfriend um, who, oh, God, we're back at Lowell, Massachusetts. Okay. (laughs) So so she uh, was jilted by an office worker from the beautiful town of Lowell, Massachusetts, (laughs) who gave her a promise ring, but then moved to Holyoke and fell in love with someone else. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yikes. Um. After the breakup, Jane attempted suicide twice, went through a period of odd, yep, terrible, went through a period of odd behavior that included efforts to predict the future through analysis of her dreams, which okay, I'm like, but I do that. I was going to say, yeah. that's you. <laughs> when I was 13, I was like already trying to do that, but. Yeah. Yeah. I've also, we've learned this thing now. Can we, can we teach them this? Oh yeah, this is my secret. I'm Don't sure tell them my secret. Listen, I've been working on lucid dreaming, and to check your reality, you're supposed to put your finger through your hand, and so I do it, and it's, it works in my dreams. I can become lucid, and so now I walk around, and every time, like, Em's annoying me or something's happening, like I'm like, get me out. All of a sudden, here. she'll do this, and she's like, can I fly away from nope. this? And then I look at her, and I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> I'm right here. We're stuck in this rental car in New Jersey, and you cannot get out. <laughs> This is my little trick, but uh, sometimes I'll be talking to Blaze, and he'll be like, Christine, stop. And I'll be like, <laughs> well, also, now, now she's, like, basically, like, just put it in me and Eva's brain, and so now whenever something happens and we don't, ex- we just, without thinking, are doing this. Yeah, check And reality. at one point, all three of us were doing it at the same time. We were like, oh, we, we should just enjoy this reality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just be okay with it. I was like, we haven't slept in eight days, so that probably explains what's going on. Every here. now and then, we kind of forget what's going on, and we're like, whoa, okay, we're okay, we're okay, we're here, it's fine, <laughs> we're all alive. Um, so yeah, so you know, we are a lot weirder than Jane was at this point. Jane isn't doing this, right? Jane, <laughs> Jane's just trying to like journal about her dreams, and apparently that was inappropriate. <laughs> um, so on her 18th birthday, Jane was finally freed from her uh, indentured servitude. And she At what was age? Sorry. 18. Okay. And she was given $50. Yay. What For all of those years of work? Well, so it was in, in exchange for like growing up in a home. Ba- so she was like a foster child, but like she had to be a servant to right. live there. It was fucked up. But it was also like an like unpaid right, yeah, internship. So she just it was like for the experience. <laughs> Right. It was okay. for living under a roof because you're eight years old, and apparently you don't deserve to live under a roof unless you're a slave. Okay. I don't know. It Great. just doesn't doesn't add Ooh, up. Times have changed, and I like it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she was finally freed from the indentured servitude and given $50, um, but she decided to stay working for her foster sister, Elizabeth, who was also a really close friend of hers, until 1885. That was when she was 31. So Ooh. she, from 8 to 31, was, like, working for the family and or Elizabeth. Um, And at age 31 in 1885, she decided it was time to make her own career for herself. So she began training to be a nurse at Cambridge Hospital. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Nope. (laughs) You never know which one's going to land and which one's going to get a, huh. Uh, Yikes. Okay. She was super popular and had a lot of friends, kind of like me. Um, Okay. No. No. Blazes in the back going, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> um, right. So she was super cool and popular and fun. <sighs> Must be nice. Um, <laughs> That's right. We're back in the right Yeah, reality. we're back yeah. in the right. Yeah. <laughs> Correct timeline. Um, and apparently, which they didn't mention earlier, but 
they brought it up now is that this was very different from her early years, early years when she had apparently been described as, quote, brilliant and terrible. <laughs> that is like you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. That's so nice. Um, but apparently when she started nursing school, she was like, no, I'm going to change my attitude. I'm going to make friends. I'm going to be cool and fun. And apparently oh. it worked. So Oh, good for her. They gave her the nickname Jolly Jane. That's how well it worked, apparently. All right. Um, however, she did have a bizarre, morbid obsession with autopsies uh, that troubled her medical supervisors. You're, you're really describing yourself yeah, here between the dreams and the really it's, into... It's hitting home a little bit. I don't <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah. She typically had elderly and sick, very sick patients, um, and she would like pick her favorites and then spend a lot of time with them. Um, and later evidence showed that she would falsify charts uh, in an effort to prolong the stay of her patients that she really liked, which, <laughs> nope, oh. that's not how that works. <laughs> okay. She would be like, no, they're still super sick because I want to hang out with them more. Oh, boy. Yeah, not good. Not a good start. Um, and then, okay, it gets way worse. Okay. <laughs> Just don't say I didn't buckle warn you. Buckle up. Yep, buckle up. Don't say I didn't warn you. Um, then she would use her favorite patients as guinea pigs in experiments with morphine and atropine. I asked Blaze how to say that, and I said it right, so. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Blaze. Thanks, Blaze. Our technical uh, advisor. <laughs> <laughs> Our just advisor about yeah. anything. <laughs> um, she would alter their prescribed doses to see what it did to their nervous systems for fun. Um, to her favorite? People? Yeah, yeah, so she would pick, yes! I know that's, like, not the thing I should be thinking about, no, no, but no, also but it's, like, you're f the ones you call friends. No, are but it is, yeah. Hmm. She'd like them extra, so she would. they would be the ones that she experimented on. Like, they're deserving on. the most? It's Yeah. Ooh, yeah. okay. Really fucked up. Um, it just gets worse, so don't worry. Okay. Um, although she was known as Jolly Jane, she was also known to say that there was no use in keeping her elderly patients alive. But Ooh. apparently most people in the hospital just took it as a joke. What? I, <laughs> I, I feel know. like in a hospital, that's like the one place you don't get to joke about that. Listen, usually I don't drink during my story, but like you got to say something funny for a minute. But, um, Thank you. I'm very talented. I'm glad people clap so I didn't have to say anything I funny. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's a lot of pressure. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. We're back. What? Okay. <laughs> Um, sure. Where are we? I don't know. Okay. So perhaps, right. So she's like, I don't know why I have to keep elderly people alive. And they were like, oh, silly, jolly Jane. <laughs> right. That darn Jane. Hilarious jokes. So full of jokes. Um, perhaps most disturbing. Sometimes she got into bed with her patients as they drifted in a kinky. God damn. I didn't say that. I didn't say it. Someone else said it. I just repeated it. <sighs> Eva, cut that part out. <laughs> uh, yikes. Okay. Um, sometimes she even got in bed with her patients as they drifted in and out of con unconsciousness. Consciousness? Unconscious. Well, both, I guess. Um, I mean, if you're going, if you're in and out, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, drifting between. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm still here. Good. Great. Okay. Uh, so she was then recommended for the prestigious Massachusetts General Hospital in 1889. Uh, where, ooh, wow, very impressive. Um, she claimed several more victims there before being fired the following year. It is mm. unclear why, but I think that she's given us plenty of evidence. 
so I'm not going to question that. I have a that. hunch. I have yeah, a hunch. Yeah. She bre- I feel like even just nowadays, if you were like, why should I keep this old person alive? It's like, you probably shouldn't be a nurse. You right. Know? <laughs> but I don't know. Things were different back then. Um, she briefly returned to Cambridge after she was fired from Mass General, uh, but she was fired from Cambridge for recklessly administering opiates. Okay. Um, because she had been fired from multiple hospitals, she decided to make the next logical step of becoming a private nurse. Oh, no. Uh, but, like, she couldn't because she had been fired, so she forged some paperwork and uh, decided that was enough to get her a job, and it worked. Um, so she flourished as a private nurse. Flourished. I didn't choose that word. Wikipedia did. So, uh, Despite regularly being accused of petty theft. I don't know. This girl's all over the place. Um, according to the article I read, <laughs> okay. What Wikipedia? I <laughs> what? <laughs> I maybe clicked a footnote and then opened that article. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, according to the article I read, Jane began her poisoning spree in earnest in 1895, and I'm like, great, okay. So now it's finally actually starting All in right. earnest, <laughs> right? Kicking it into gear. The last ten years, just mm, kind of wishy-washy, but now she's fucking committed. Yikes. So her first victims during her earnest poisoning spree um, were her landlord, Israel Dunham, and his wife. She later explained that Israel was getting too old and feeble and fussy, so she killed him, though it was initially thought to be a heart attack by doctors. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Dramatic fold of the Well, I didn't realize there was a staple, and I kept pulling on it, and I was like, (laughs) I'm doing something wrong. (laughs) Yikes. Okay. Um, in one case, a family complained to a local doctor that they, th- that they thought Jane had stolen some clothes from their dead grandmother's house, but the doctor vigorously defended her as one of the finest women and best nurses he had ever met, but it never occurred to any of them that not only had she stolen clothes from the woman, she had also killed her to begin with. Right, right. <laughs> so they were, we're like, just I ignoring th- that. Yeah. And we're just they were like, I think she's stealing clothes from, from our dead grandma. It's like, well, she also... Killed grandma. Small potatoes. Yes. It's okay. Just never occurred to anyone. Which is, I was actually thinking that during your story when you were like, oh yeah, she was accused of cursing her husbands. And I'm like, but nobody ever thought like, well, maybe she killed them. But no, no, no. Right. (laughs) It was a witch curse. It wasn't. Right. I don't know. I mean, she was also like saying like dirty words around him. So So she was just. She was doing all the wrong things. Terrible, terrible person. Right. Um, a couple years later, in August of 1899, uh, Jane went on vacation to a rented cottage on Cape Cod, which is something that she had been doing for several years. Yeah, woo, ow, Cape Cod. <laughs> uh, this time, though, she invited her foster sister, Elizabeth, to join her. Uh, they were very close, so Elizabeth was thrilled to go spend time with Jane. Little did Elizabeth know that Jane had apparently harbored a secret resentment toward her ever since childhood. Oh, no. Feeling like the unwanted secondary daughter who had to know her place at all times. Oh, no. Um, In any case, a few days after Elizabeth arrived, uh, her husband, whose name was Oramel, I don't know. There's a reason some names aren't used anymore. (laughs) Her husband, Oramel, got a telegraph telling him that his wife was seriously ill. By the time he made his way out there, she was in a coma, and she ultimately died with both her husband and her loving foster sister, Jane, holding hands at her bedside. Uh. She's fucked up. Jane then decided that she wanted to marry Oramel. I thought that might be where we were going, and I don't like it. Not good. Oramel. So she... Oragel. That's what I thought. 
but then That's I was I like, too. but then I was like, but also caramel. So it's a terrible combination. <laughs> it's all bad. Yeah. It's all bad. Um, so she decided to dose his food with morphine to make him just sick enough so she could nurse him back to health and win his affections. Oh my. And then he was like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm ready to go home. That didn't, that didn't go well. So he was like, no, I'm not interested. Also, my wife did, just died. Stop. And she uh, decided to give herself morphine, but admittedly later, she said only enough to send her to the hospital. Not oh. to, like, kill herself. She just wanted right. to, you know, put herself in the hospital and be like, look what you've done. Right, right, right. right. So shortly after her sister's funeral, uh, Jane decided it was time to make a move on another scheme she had been working on. Um, for several years, she had been friendly with a woman named Myra Connors, who worked at St. John's Theological School at Cambridge. Woo, love okay. it. Okay. I hear it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, no Cambridge fans. Got it. <laughs> Noted. Never say it again. Got it. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Thank God. If people from, like, Harvard were listening to this, I'd feel really bad about myself. Okay. <laughs> uh, not smart enough. Okay. Uh, at the funeral, Jane happened to mention to Myra's bo- Wait, did I tell you about how she killed her? No, nope, nope. not yet. Cool. Someone's dead. That's all we know now. Who's dead? No, nobody's dead. I haven't... No spoilers. <laughs> Get me out. <laughs> so she was friends with this lady named Myra, um, but their friendship had an ulterior motive at least on jane's part because it always seems to yeah jane doesn't really do things for the sake of being a kind person right right? she has she has other plans so jane knew that myra's job came with an apartment a maid servant and a regular paycheck whereas her own didn't so one day myra connor suddenly died oh good i'm surprised shock thank you thank you what (laughs) who saw that coming no one (laughs) Um, she died of a case of, oh, fucking hell, Christine, why'd you write that? Okay, (laughs) of a case of peritonitis, sure, that (laughs) mysteriously got worse when her friend Jane came to nurse her back to health. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. At the funeral, now we're there. We're back at the funeral. We've come full (laughs) circle, I see. God damn it. At the funeral, Jane happened to mention to Myra's boss that it was so sad that Myra died right when she had been planning a sabbatical. And did you know that she had also planned to recommend Jane to fill in for her? Oh. Jesus Christ. So the dean was like, oh, well, if Myra wanted you to take the job, I guess that makes sense for you to take the job. She played coy for a while and then basically declared that she owed it to Myra to take the job. Oh, my. Despite how tragically sad she felt. Unfortunately for her, though, um, she really underestimated how much work this job would be. Did a fucking terrible job, apparently. Uh. Was, like, almost immediately fired. And they were like, I don't know why Myra said you could do this. (laughs) (laughs) You're not good at it. (laughs) Um, And so that really did not go over well when she was fired. Um, In fact, it did not go over well in... Nope. It didn't... hmm. What happened, Christine? I'm trying to... (laughs) I'm trying to think of the... Listen, I... English is not my first language, so <laughs> sometimes. sometimes. Then say it in German. What happened? No! <laughs> Don't you dare do that to me. Okay. Um, so I'll just read what I wrote. Maybe that'll be good. In Maybe. fact, she so didn't take it well. That sounds right. Yeah. That two years later, she went back to the scene of her latest victory, which was the Cape Cod Cottage. Um, which she had been renting out, and it was actually it actually belonged to a man named Alden Davis and his family. 
um, and she'd been renting it out for since 1896. So she moved in to take care of Alden after the death of his wife, uh, whom Jane had murdered. Mm. So here's what happened. So Jane was renting this cottage, but she wasn't keeping up with the rent. So Alden's wife, Maddie, came to Cambridge to collect the rent from Jane. So Jane was like, here, have a cocktail. Oh. Yeah, great. Killed her with a cocktail of morphine and atropine. Um, at the funeral, the Davises asked Jane if she'd be willing to please stay at the house and help take care of Alden because his wife died and he's having a hard time. So Jane said, of course, just for you, I'll stay <sighs> at the house. Um, oh, also, the $500 that she had given for the rent mysteriously vanished out of the lady's pocket. Oh, so shocker. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Jane happily stayed with them, occasionally setting fires around the house. Like for fun? Yes. Okay. Literally for fun. And she would invent a mysterious stranger to blame the fires on. I, why <laughs> not, I guess. It's better than murdering oh my people. Gosh. Um, but then she got bored of setting fires and went back to murdering people. So it didn't last long. Within the next couple weeks, Jane killed Alden's two daughters, Minnie and Edna, and finally Alden himself. Oh, no. So she killed an entire healthy family in less than a month. Yeah. Wow. Horrifying. So Minnie was the youngest daughter, and she had just been married, and sh her father-in-law actually was the one who, apparently he, like, knew the Prince of Cuba, so that was weird. Um, <laughs> but so he was like, I'm going <laughs> to... A lot of twists and turns here. <laughs> Believe me. Believe me, I know. I was writing these notes just very confused. <laughs> uh, so she, so he, the father-in-law, was like, something is fishy about this. Got the, like, Prince of Cuba to intervene. Um, you know how you do that. Um, <laughs> and they decided to get a toxicology report, which they did. And okay. lo and behold, the report found that Minnie had been poisoned by morphine and atropine. Ooh, that'll do it. So finally, local authorities were like, okay, Jane did this. And put a police detail on her. So on October 29th, 1901, Jolly Jane was arrested for murder. And by 1902, she confessed to her lawyer that she had killed at least 31 people. Perhaps Ooh. as many as 100. She wasn't sure. Perhaps. Like ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 31 She's to 100. Yeah. <laughs> Just pick a number. It was all a blur, yeah. apparently. She said 31 for sure. And then she wasn't... And then sure after that she like the rest. Then after that she like guesstimated? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's awful. Yeah, terrible. So as for the actual number, um there had been no accurate list of her hospital victims, like nobody had actually compiled a list. And uh the other weird thing was that a lot of New England families wanted to avoid the scandal. I guess that's not weird. That sounds pretty normal. Um, a lot of New England families didn't want to be a part of the scandal, <laughs> um, so they refused official requests for exhumations and autopsies, so it's kind of unclear. Even if she admitted to killing someone, the family wouldn't agree to an autopsy. Or so there's, like, no real proof exactly, beyond exactly. her confession. So it's not Got confirmed, it. technically. Um, as for her motive, Jane claimed she started her killing spree because her boyfriend dumped her at age 16. If she had just stuck with writing her dreams down, maybe. <laughs> That's what I did. And I'm, I mean, Are I'm you a fine, murderer? I think. Not a murderer. That's all that matters. I drink a lot, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she also explained to the press, if I had been a married woman, I probably wouldn't have killed all those people. <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. 
I would have had my husband, my children, and my home to take up my mind. But your but your mind was just so vastly empty. You yes. went to to murder thirty one no, to right. a hundred people. Wild. Nobody else filled it for her. Um, an article in the Hoosier State Chronicles, published shortly after her arrest, reported that Jane would. Oh boy, forgot about this part. Cool. Get ready. Reported that Jane would fondle her victims as they died. What? And that she would attempt to see the inner workings of their souls through their eyes. Much like when Zach looks into Robert's skull. I mean... That's what I think of that's now. That's the crossover You really ruined stories. that, yeah. I'm, I'm like, sorry. Just that picture in my brain will never go away. Um, she explained that her life goal... This isn't a direct quote. Her life goal was to have killed more people, helpless people, than any other man or woman who ever lived. Of all the goals... But if she had been married, none of that would have happened. Right. So. She would have had another goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, there seemed to be other motives to her crimes. For example, she reportedly poisoned one housekeeper just enough to make her appear drunk so that she could steal her job and then killed the family. Hmm. Which I was like, that seems like the same motive. She's right. murdering people. I don't know. <laughs> uh, she was also known to poison herself to evoke the sympathy of the men she was courting. Oh, yeah. So nice. So romantic. <laughs> Um, Anything for kinky? love. <laughs> Yikes. When she was questioned after her arrest, Jane stated that she derived a sexual thrill from patients being near death, which actually I read is extremely rare in women serial killers. Huh. It's usually there's other motives like material motives usually for women. Um, and so it's very rare for like the sexual thrill. It's more typically um, male serial killers. That's fun more. Fact. Yeah. Fun fact. We told you they're not fun. So don't blame me. She said she got a sexual thrill from patients being near death, then coming back to life, and then dying again. Yikes. Terrible. Um, Jane administered a drug mixture to the patients that she chose as her victims. Then she would lay with them and hold them close to her as they died. That's so gross. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Um, this one I can't wrap my head around either. Some hospital attendants testified that they remembered her calling them into her room, into the room of the patient that she was seeing. Sure. And smiling, saying, get some morphine, dearie, and we'll go out in the ward. You and I will have a lot of fun seeing them die. And I'm what? just thinking, like, like again, with the flying monkeys, like, these people show up to testify, and they're like, yeah, well, I haven't <laughs> brought it up till now, but... Right. It's like, like couldn't you have? <laughs> she said we were going to watch them die in the hospital. I mean... I she guess made another joke, too, earlier about, like, old people dying, True. and it's fine. That's right. I guess she was very... I feel like people should have, like, put them together. And no, been like, yeah, you'd think. She oh was well. just very funny, I guess. I don't know. Sounds hilarious. Everyone in this hospital had a really fucked up sense yeah, of humor. Yeah, maybe apparently. that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. So there was one patient named Amelia Finney, um, and she survived Jane's care, quote-unquote, um, and testified that Jane once got into bed with her after medicating her. Um, apparently Jane stroked and kissed her face telling her it would all be alright soon but before Jane could give her a dose strong enough to kill her someone approached the room and Jane fled and Amelia who was the patient uh, thought for years that she had just had a fever dream until years <laughs> later when Jane was yeah <laughs> literally she thought she had just imagined it because she's like that's too absurd and then when Jane was finally arrested it kind of all came back and she was like oh, holy shit that happened to me um, and she survived thankfully uh, Jane insisted upon her own sanity in court. So her lawyer was like, oh, let's present it as, you know, insanity. And she's like, no, 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 I'm very sane. So Well, now that you say that. Yeah, let that, take that for, for whatever you want to take it for. 
Um, she claimed that she could not be insane if she knew what she was doing and knew that it was wrong. But nonetheless, three doctors unanimously declared her morally insane, okay. which is the term they used for psychopathy at the time, interestingly enough, where they were like, she just doesn't have a sense of empathy and sure, okay, just ha- is in a- unable to feel empathy toward other people. Sure. Yeah. Um, so she said she was, they, the three doctors said she was unfit to stand trial and would never recover from her illness. And so on June 23rd, 1902, after only a 27-minute deliberation, a jury found Jane not guilty by reason of insanity, even though she stood there going, no, I don't think I'm insane. (laughs) Maybe that was insane, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, And she was committed for life at the Taunton Insane Hospital. (laughs) Remember when things were just named aggressively? Just like very directly the thing they shouldn't really be called. Yeah. Yikes. Um... At first, she didn't mind being in the asylum. Apparently, she actually adapted pretty well. Uh, okay. No comment. Um, but as over well as time, can be. yeah. But over time, she was Jolly Jane. Maybe that came sure. back. Sure. I don't know. That helps. Charisma. Yeah, charisma. <laughs> but over time, she developed manic depression, became a nun. They didn't explain that either. They were just like, and also she became a nun at one point. Just briefly, though. I feel like that should be addressed further. Uh, it should be. And then, ultimately, she stopped eating anything and everything for fear that it might be poisoned. Well, Well, can't blame her. That's karma for you. I want to say irony, but then someone's going to be like, actually, that's not what irony is. So I'm just not going to say it. And you can decide for yourself. Okay. You know about English and me and English. It's not. Oh, I know. Okay. Jane Toppin died peacefully in 1938 at the ripe old age of 84. So despite just, like, going on hunger strikes and stuff, she survived till 84. And although most of her story has been lost to history, she is still considered one of America's most ruthless serial murderers. So, Boston, that is a story of Jane Toppin for you. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. That was... A doozy. A doozy is what that was. Um... Thank you, guys. I do have a quick horror scope. Um, for <laughs> oh, good. I never know how that's going to go over. Um, so for all the people who are dragged here by their significant others and don't know why they're here and just want to go home, um, <laughs> I'll explain what this is. Uh, this is where I give unsolicited astrological advice to people who have already died and can't use it anyway. Um, so it's worth staying for. Um, so Jane was a Leo. And so are three people in this room. So, Leos, listen up. Renata's a Leo, so everybody listen up. All right. Yes. So, here we go. Slow down, Leo. Take it easy today, or you might end up with some not-so-fun health issues. Mm. Your immune system can only handle so much. So make sure to find someone to help take care of you if you do get sick. Whew. Okay, this is where it got weird, and I didn't really read it, and I just copy and pasted it, so just buckle up. Or you can always turn to sexual healing. That really I did guess become we the really theme. built this up, huh? The kinky thing. The doctor is in this Saturday. As flirty Venus, as flirty Venus, in your frisky. Oh, Jesus Christ. The dog thinks L dot com. Um, <laughs> The doctor is in this Saturday as flirty Venus in your frisky fifth house tag teams with liberated Uranus. <laughs> in bed. 
liberated Uranus <laughs> in your adventure zone, the end. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. That's more else? you really probably should have read that one before yeah. you before you just copy and pasted it in blindly. I saw like the doctor is in and I was like, God damn it, what have I done? Oh my. Well, those are our stories. Thanks Austin. guys. We're so happy to be here. Um, so I do wanna I do wanna uh, just truly thank you. I mean we've never done a show in Boston. This is like our this, homecoming this show. Means a lot. It does. Thank you, Boston. Thank you guys we love so, you. so much. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.